0: This is the Art Dirt podcast from Glass Tire, where we discuss topical art topics. Topics? Of, of the week. I'm Rainy Knutson.
1: I'm Christina Reese.
0: Two art world ladies in Texas.
1: I'm not in Texas.
0: I was, I was about to say two art world bitches in Texas, and then I That's remembered fine. that number one, is that, I don't know, is that too sassy? And number two, you're not even here. No. You're in jolly oldie Englandy.
1: I sure am me. Have you yeah. gone to a uh,
0: shoppy yet?
1: Yes, I've been to several shoppies.
0: How, how is England? Well, England is actually having a bad week.
1: It's having a really bad week uh, in terms of terrorism, but yeah. the weather is fantastic. I've been told by my nephew that I'm not allowed to go into London on the train tomorrow because he's, he's absolutely convinced that I'm going to get blown up.
0: Right. I was invited to go to the U2 concert tonight, and um, I was told that I cannot have a purse that's more than like seven inches or something.
1: Wow. Well, Yeah. a wallet. You can have a wallet.
0: They're they're redoing the Joshua Tree. Yeah. And this is the first U2 concert I've been to since the original Joshua Tree in 1987, and I'm more than a little excited. Are you really? Yeah. Well, okay. They do a great show. Oh, don't be a snob. Don't be that. No.
1: No, no. I just wouldn't. Haven't thought about it. I've not put any brain power behind this whole U two redoing Joshua Tree. I saw that concert as well. Um, That may be the only time I've ever seen U two.
0: Well, I was a freshman in high school in 1987, and uh, it was. I would put it in definitely the top five concerts I've ever seen.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Well, to be fair, I'm not a big concert goer.
1: Yeah, I was going to say I've seen hundreds of shows. Hundreds of, because of I used to play in bands and stuff, and used to be a music critic, so I wouldn't put it in the top five. I don't I, remember. I, it. I think
0: it's the best. Well, no, David Bowie's the best stadium show I've ever saw. Ever, but you two would be the second best stadium show I think mm-hmm. I ever saw. Probably.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We are off topic.
1: We are. Let's get let's get on our first art dirt. What's our topic? first topic
0: of the week? Let's get into it's it. It's
1: about uh it's about celebrities. And trying to be performance artists really and whether or not it's got any traction or whether it works or whether we care or who well, can do it or I, you can't.
0: I think it has traction at least amongst celebrities.
1: Well it's content isn't it? It's the thing that the internet can kind of go temporarily crazy over no matter how piddling or not a big deal it is. Like the Kendall Jenner thing where she's recreating some Famous performance art. uh, Okay, so
0: I when I heard about that. I was like give me a goddamn break girl but then I actually watched a video and it's very funny and I think she's She is making fun of performance art, but she's also making fun of herself
1: Yeah, she was good at making fun of herself and that was fine I would have never watched it if I wasn't doing research for this particular podcast (laughs) that we're doing right now (laughs) And that's kind of how admittedly, I am. Admittedly, admittedly,
0: I don't really care outside I of this. I didn't care. I just
1: didn't care. I don't, you know, there's always a, a bit of suspicion when somebody tries to cross over into doing something else. But in that case, it really was just comedy as far as I was concerned. So
0: yeah, that, that was comedy as opposed to other people who've sincerely tried to do it. And I think with varying degrees of success, I actually think there are some celebrities who've done successful performance art. That's been good.
1: So what do you, who do you think has managed to pull it off?
0: You're going to roll your eyes.
1: Well, you won't see it. <laughs> I
0: actually think that some of Sheila Buff's things, LaBeouf, LaBeouf, are LaBeouf, really LaBeouf. Are really great. I, the thing where he stands in front of a green screen and says, just do it for 30 minutes, I could absolutely see an artist doing that. And I thought it was great. And, and I think that he's totally taking the piss. And the fact that it became an internet meme making fun of him, he probably doesn't even care about. I actually think that it is hilarious.
1: He's shown some real commitment to trying to do some actual performance and to come up with something original and something extreme. Uh, one of the things that I think works with him, uh, first of all, I'm not sure that the guy is 100% mentally balanced. I, I don't know
0: different. that it's that he's not mentally balanced. I think he's just trying to be out there. Well, see, that's the thing. what's interesting about that is the Joaquin Phoenix, you know, going to go be a rapper thing where he was trying to appear mentally imbalanced.
1: Yeah, he was, one of the problems I had with that project, and you know what, I've never watched the movie, I'm not there, and I need to, but there was something just so, it was so just Andy Kaufman redo, in a way, about that, and I like Joaquin Phoenix, I think he's a fantastic actor, and I, you know, I bought it at the time, I saw him on Letterman, I was like, man, this guy's way, way, way out to lunch at this point, but I didn't get angry about it, a lot of people were angry about it, because they just, they couched it as a hoax, they were like, oh, we've been had. Right. It's like, oh, come on. Really? Really?
0: Don't you remember the guy who wrestled all the women?
1: Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, that guy.
0: Back to Sheila Buff. Le yeah, Booth. I think
1: he's all right. I Le think – uh, And also I think when an actor or a person uses what their day job is in a clever way in their performance – which is what he's done. I mean, which is what he's
0: done. Like I'm not famous anymore. The bag over he put a he put a brown paper bag over his head that said I am not famous anymore.
1: Yeah, and he also watched all of his movies back to back for 3 days straight in a movie theater and you could you could stream it. You could watch him watching his own movies. Really banal, really repetitive, really really boring in the right sort of way because you're watching him react to himself on a screen. I don't, I don't rate him particularly, but I also kind of think he's talented and I I don't know what to think of him as an artist. I still don't think of him as an artist. I think of him as an actor who's kind of dabbling in performance art, but it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me.
0: You know, Brandon, and we were all talking about this and Brandon was like, what about Katy Perry? And he sent us the videos of her on Saturday Night Live. And to me, it felt just like 1980s goofy new wave stuff.
1: I don't think videos are performance art, and I don't think, and also the thing that she did more recently, I guess, at the Whitney, where she, you know, was the head on the platter, on the buffet table thing, Mm -hmm. was, you know, just horribly... Derivative,
0: derivative. for
1: starters. Yeah, exactly. It was so derivative that it wasn't even worth watching. It was really, really boring. It didn't work. There was no real commitment to it. It was just a joke. And that's fine, but Kendall don't even- If Perry's
0: music were remotely good or interesting- but She's I mean... got a
1: couple of good pop songs. I don't know much about her, but she's got a couple of good pop songs that I've got on my in my library that are good to run to. Yeah, I mean, they'll get no, I, she's,
0: she makes good workout music. I'll give her that. I'll give her yeah. that. What's interesting is that this has become a thing now with celebrities. And a, a, a
1: huge part of that is because the press, especially a non-art press, they really don't know what to do with it. And they're just going to go ahead and call it performance art. When you look at something, so like the the Joaquin Phoenix thing happened and James Franco when he, it was 2010 when he decided to go on General Hospital and play a, a character who was a crazy performance artist named Franco. Mm-hmm. That was 2010. So it seems to me like the trend for this kind of started around 2009 or 2010. And now it's just a way to generate, you know, hits for themselves. I mean, by hits, I mean just internet, you know, attention.
0: Jay-Z did this video at Pace Gallery in New York. Uh, and most famously, he and Marina Abravavovich, the, <laughs> the self-proclaimed godmother of performance art, because nobody did it before her, No, uh, danced <laughs> in this unintentionally comic um moment of self-seriousness
1: jay-z is a smart guy and i think he was he was a little bit more knowing i think he went into it with some self-awareness i'm not sure she's got much of a sense of humor so (laughs) i don't. i wouldn't i'm not going to give her a whole lot of credit in this regard but then you look at somebody like kanye west who who hired vanessa beecroft
0: well his whole life is his whole life is as he says performance art and he calls he calls matthew barney my jesus
1: you know what? It, it, it is. For him, I'm just like, OK, Kanye, if that's your thing, that's your thing. And I'm just going to go ahead and believe you because he's, you know, talk about taking things to an, excre- an extreme.
0: Yeah. Talk, um, talk about the ludicrous narcissism of celebrity.
1: Yeah. Well, they're, they're, that's where it all crosses over. That's where it intersects.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, it, and it does. And, and, you know, these guys are already performers. I mean, Jay-Z is a performer and Kanye is a performer, Uh, These actors are performers, so, you know, when they want to, I don't know, when they want to start to use a different vocabulary about what they're doing, I'm not necessarily, I just take it case by case. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Mm. Also, like, the people who have a kind of, already a bit of an avant-garde reputation, like Tilda Swinton or Solange Knowles or uh, Gaga, you know, we have a tendency, I think, to want to give them credit for these performance art type things that they do. Well yeah. Because they've got some kind of they've already got some kind of weird credibility. Like with Gaga always referencing you know, from the beginning she was referencing Klaus Nomi and definitely a sort of an art version of music from yeah. the beginning. And she's a downtown New Yorker I mean, she's a New Yorker, she's very sophisticated. I don't assume that she doesn't know what she's doing.
0: Oh no, I think she absolutely does. I mean I think she or particularly early on when she was doing the crazy get ups, that was all created by a team of artists, and she was hiring artists to do it. No, yeah. ba- back to sort of the mainstream uh, press covering this stuff. That's the difference is just wearing a funny outfit or a mask or something does not make it performance art.
1: Right, that's right. Just, that's the- just
0: a costume, which is different.
1: Right. And, what, and whatever this, this, this uh, you know, pop stars doing the most interesting video they possibly can, I don't count that as performance art. That's just a music video. It's just They're a always, music video. You know, music videos have been conceptual since the beginning, since before MTV. So I never think of that as performance art. What that's is sh- your that's...
0: favorite music video? Side note. Side Ooh.
1: track.
0: What's a music video that you love?
1: You know, I, I never tended to go so much for the, the high concept ones. I always liked the slightly more straightforward, you know, it's not a real performance, but it seems like it's so like a, like a 1983 or 4, like XTC doing Senses Working Overtime, I wanted to see what the bands looked like. That was a big deal to me, to get to see, or the Vapors doing Turning Japanese, I wanted to see what these guys looked like.
0: Ugh, turning Japanese was great. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, aha, take on me.
1: Well, we were so mesmerized by that when it came out. I it mean was I was just such
0: a, a big deal when it came out. I was out. a little
1: kid, yeah. And I was like, Whoa, this is amazing. What, you know the what I think
0: he I... did that with like drawings and real people and he's trying and to get out of the drawing. It's awesome.
1: It's a it's a it's this really solid <laughs> It's a narrative. You know, recognizable I like, I, narrative. I
0: like the narrative ones. I love, you know, uh, Michael Jackson's stuff. His sure. his narrative stuff. I mean the stuff from the Thriller album album is great.
1: Yeah. I like the performance, the non performance performance ones that are on a sound stage. An, an early Elvis Costello video to me is hard to beat.
0: Well, you're, it's just you're, him you're being cool skinny and way.
1: angry in a, on a white sound stage somewhere, and he's just, you know, he's obviously hopped up on meth and he's bouncing around to his own good music. And it's like,
0: yeah, I can watch that all day. Probably not meth in those days.
1: Uh, it wasn't meth, but he was on speed. Speed.
0: Do we care that our, our art is being co opted by these cheesy. Um, hollywood types
1: it's easy to get pissed off about it but then you're just wasting your time because it's it's not cool sometimes when somebody decides they're going to dip into something and just do a drive-by version of it and they're sort of hobbyists because we we know artists who spend all of their time doing just this right and there's a tremendous sort of rigor and thought behind it and a full full intent and when it's really lazy it's irritating Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. I just I think the lines of, between art and everything else have been blurred for so long at this point that I just again, case by case.
0: Sheila Buff good. Katie very bad. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Celebrities. Go celebrities. Yeah, you, yeah. You go you guys go have fun with this whole art thing that everyone's And
1: we'll fun. judge it.
0: And we'll judge it. And you can just you can hop on our train and we can kick you off. Yeah. That felt Next.
1: good. Next <laughs> Oh, the big bird is out there. Did I say it was a partridge? Pheasant, you mean? Oh, pheasant. There's a pheasant walking outside my window.
0: Well, you should go kill it and take its feathers and make a hat.
1: I wouldn't kill it, but I would eat it.
0: You know, if you're not willing to kill I know. to eat...
1: No, you can call me
0: that. The, the hypocrisy and, and cowardice, frankly. Yeah,
1: I know. I if you're totally not willing to break your,
0: break your tooth on a piece of buckshot from a bird that you killed with your own skill and superior firepower uh-huh then i don't know
1: then you can you can get off this train too then you can, you know you can go be
0: a vegan missy
1: yeah no that's not going to happen and i'm really <laughs> not going to kill an animal but I. I okay will. having I, shot a few
0: dove in my time i i mm. don't enjoy it
1: mm. all right so the next one is oh, no, no, uh, no. we gotta
0: pause we gotta pause oh we have to pause and thank our sponsor of our Glass Tower podcast crush pad productions in houston thank you eric jarvis Thank you, Eric. And thank you, Matt Johnson, for the use of your song, uh, Fly Away. So last night, there was a meeting in Houston, which I was unfortunately not able to attend, uh, about what artists can do about gentrification. This is definitely a thing in the art world right now, and a lot of uh, there's a lot of hand wringing going on about it. And we thought about this because there was this article about Boyle Heights in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. a, a you know once upon a time very mixed neighborhood that became predominantly Hispanic neighborhood that is that now has galleries moving in, and there's a huge sort of get the galleries out of here anti gentrification movement happening there.
1: Right. So what do you? Think? We've got a thing going. We've got a thing going on right now in West Dallas. So you know Trinity Groves which really started to take off after the Calatrava Bridge was built. What well, was happening before that as well, so all these developers have really, they've gotten a tremendous amount of tax incentives from the city to build these big developments, and that's not really the kind of grassroots, organic gentrification that we think of, right? Right. It's Because it wasn't really artists moving into the area first to set up shop, to, you know, to open up, uh, or excuse me, to have their studios and et cetera, although there was some art, friendly developer people who were giving artists some cool spaces, like at 500 Singleton to use. But there was this huge, there is an ongoing huge uh, controversy about the neighborhood that's just adjoining Trinity Groves and their taxes have gone up. It's a bunch of older homes and about 300 people were going to get kicked out of their older homes that they rent by a developer who was ready to develop the that part of the neighborhood. And there's been, I mean, city council has been going crazy what I, what to me. And so artists, of course, on Facebook and elsewhere are asking these same questions. It's like, well, what is our role? What is our responsibility? What, what do we have to do with this? What did we have to do with the fact that these people's homes are threatened at this point?
0: And, and that was sort of the point of this meeting last night, which was like, what can we do about this? And right now it does feel like everyone's mad at real estate developers, but, you know, increasingly it's their people are starting to point the finger at Galleries and artists who are always pretty much the first wave of gentrification in many neighborhoods Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna probably come off like Dick Cheney here, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead anyway Artists Mm -hmm. move into poor neighborhoods not because they want to bring kombucha in they move into poor neighborhoods because they don't have money and they can afford spaces in those neighborhoods A and B they can have a certain amount of freedom you're not you know unless you're in Dallas you're not you're not going to have to worry about is the building up to code you're not going to have to mm-hmm. worry about you know you can have freedom to really get experimental and, and do whatever it is that you want to do. And you can't do that in a more established neighborhood. And right. so I think that artists move into these neighborhoods without any view towards changing the neighborhood. I don't think artists move in and say, God, I really hope this neighborhood gentrifies. I don't think But oh, artist... does. In fact, they
1: would say, please don't gentrify because they don't want to get taxed out they, either.
0: They, yeah, they get to where they can't afford it. And that's happened over and over and over again, you over know? And which over. is why artists now in New York have to live in you know outer Queens. As opposed to Soho,
1: right? It's the classic tale of gentrification. What's different about it to me now is the developers are now—they're so quick to recognize when that when artists When that hip tipping
0: point is reached,
1: it's so it's so fast now. It's head-spinningly fast, and so they're they're there. They're on it like flies on shit, and they're going to start buying up property and making things happen. And it's and it, sometimes it's just a matter. of, Look, man, Trinity Groves is unrecognizable whatever that neighborhood is is so changed from what it was three years ago that I drive into it still like every four weeks I'm like oh my gosh look at this this is crazy yeah how quickly it's changed it used to take longer for this cycle to play out now it's just overnight.
0: This has always been the case, I think. I think even before the 20th century, this has always been the case that artists move into uh, an overlooked, neglected, poor neighborhood and change the neighborhood. And I think the reason it is urgent now is because, frankly, interest rates have been so low for so long, property values have skyrocketed artificially because of that. And so people can't afford the property taxes because, because of course, in Texas, the tax-free freedom state, ha-ha, yeah. th- there's, it's not that it's tax-free. It's that the, all the tax revenue is from property taxes. And That's so people right. can't afford these property taxes. Um, and that's why it's becoming such an urgent thing. But before we demonize real estate developers, and obviously there's plenty to demonize there, particularly in Texas, particularly in Houston, where it's like, why build something that's going to last when you can build something out of sticks and styrofoam and it'll fall apart in 10 years, slums of the Oh, country.
1: Dallas too, Dallas too. I mean,
0: the, the, the quality of stuff that's being built and, and also, the, you know, the fantasy architecture of of going into Ooh. let's say the third or fourth ward and say and building you know French chateau townhomes or Spanish colonial townhomes is just ridiculous. It's gross. But at the end of the day, real estate developers are trying to make a profit, and they can make a profit by going into uh, neighborhoods where the real estate is affordable and building something and selling it for a profit. And that's why they follow the artists. They're not. They're not trying to destroy society. And I think that that's an important thing for people to keep in mind. They're not trying to destroy the fabric of a neighborhood. They're trying to make a buck.
1: And except that their irresponsibility when, when it's clear that a number of people are going to be displaced from their homes and from neighborhoods that they've occupied for a long time. There's no low-income housing anywhere nearby. They're going to be pushed out to the margins of a city in Los Angeles where are people in Boyle Heights supposed to live once they get pushed out of their neighborhood? in West Dallas, that was the huge part of it. There, there was, it was called a humanitarian crisis by Peter Simic. So over 300 families were going to lose their homes and there was no low-income housing to catch them, none. Well,
0: there is nothing artists, artists can do nothing about gentrification other than raise awareness, which is what I think that they're doing. There's mm-hmm. no, nothing else you can do. If you want to do something else, or, or buy a property or build sustainable, then you're not an artist anymore. You're doing social work or you're, you know, a sustainable developer or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. it's not art doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's art's job to do that. I don't know that it's, it's artist's obligation to worry about these things. I think that the real issue here is the affordable housing issue. That's the whole deal. It's what's happening in Houston in terms of where it's placed and the way it's sort of ghettoized and all of that. What happens in these poor neighborhoods is, uh, you know, and I was talking to an artist whose grandparent was in the Fifth Ward. You'll have have a a family in a neighborhood, and the kids grow up and move away because they want to live in a better neighborhood. And then eventually the parents die. And they leave the house, and the kids don't want to live in that neighborhood. They don't want to move back there. They've already moved away, and so they sell the property. And even Sometimes at a
1: huge markup.
0: Sometimes at a huge markup, and sometimes if they were to hang on to it longer, they'd make even a lot more money. And that's one of the things that's really unfortunate is the way poor people get taken advantage of, and they yeah. sell too early in these situations. But
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, But there is something to the point that they are working in their own self-interest. You know, they are, they're selling because it's a huge markup. Um, and then they move to poorer, crappier neighborhoods that are farther out and harder to get into town. Um, the greater Houston apparently is the size of Massachusetts now.
1: Golly. Yeah. I'd, I think that trying to spread the blame to artists is part of this kind of overall, uh, it's a way of disseminating, um, uh, bl- yeah, blame and liability for what gentrification is. I'm with you on the fact that artists do not move into neighborhoods to Gentrify to, them to fuck up the neighborhood or to push people out. But I think that everyone now recognizes that this is the cycle and this is what it looks like. And I think that people who live in these communities, um, they have a much better grasp of, of that and how, how and how quickly it happens. And, the, and now that there are platforms for learning about this kind of thing and being more activists, I, I think the people in Boyle Heights. I mean, this is kind of a new case. I mean, we've been reading about it for about two years now, three years now where they're being, you know, the activists are quite aggressive toward these pretty small-time galleries that have moved into their neighborhoods. Very small-time
0: galleries. And get, some, it's not like the galleries are rich galleries.
1: No, although one of the galleries who moved in a few years after some of the others, she made some pretty tone-deaf remarks about what it is to move into that neighborhood. And I think that's really what started this activism, is that she was... She was pretty awful about it and probably a little bit more well-funded. I think that we're just in a new era and we're going to see more and more of this. And I think that the Boyle Heights thing is far from over. Especially if the activists feel like they can do things like fire potato guns at these people who are attending a gallery open. opening.
0: Yeah, this happened uh, in L.A. I, I just I feel like this is a natural cycle in the life of cities and, they, and neighborhoods rise and fall.
1: And what's new is that the, is people's, people who live in these communities, their overall awareness of it is heightened at this point. And I think that there are more ways to get the word out and for people to uh, come together and protest. And I think we're seeing more of that. And I think we'll see more of that. In we the will, years. we
0: will. And the protests may get more ugly. But and, I, I also, and
1: artists, I think, feel a greater obligation to address this stuff. And I think that with social practice art, there's a trend toward it anyway.
0: Well, I think that artists, as you say, feel an obligation to do some kind of social good mm-hmm. right now.
1: Is that fair? I guess is the question. Is it fair that they feel an obligation? I think that if it falls into the kind of work that they'd want to be making anyway, which again is a trend, I think that's fine. I hate to think that an artist who's just looking for a cheap studio somewhere has to suddenly start addressing this issue when that wouldn't be any part of his or her work.
0: Calculus. Yeah. When we look back in art history at examples of if you'll forgive the expression, do good or art, or art that's trying to make like a political difference, it just, it always comes off as just bad propaganda. Even even Jacques-Louis David, you know, but when he gets really purplish and really sort of like, overwrought, the blood of the martyrs will water the meadows of France. Yeah,
1: we really just need another, we just need some Upton Sinclairs to write about it rather than artists <laughs> feeling forced to make art about it if they don't want to make art about it.
0: If they don't want to make art about it. And the nature of art is, as you say, changed. Okay, that's another art dirt. It is. Any any interesting plans for Memorial Day weekend? You're going to be in jolly oldie England.
1: Is this weekend Memorial Day weekend?
0: Yes, it, yes, yes, oh. it is
1: i so I'm so out of it. I will be here. I'll be in England. So, and you're going to be heading out on your own thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna, uh, I'm I'm actually going through a little bit of a southern tour. I'm going to go to the Brooks Museum in Memphis, which I love, which mm-hmm. Emily Neff, the former curator of American Art at um, the Museum of Fine Arts Houston is the director of. She was a mm-hmm. great curator. Mm-hmm. Going to go see the Frist in Nashville and and it, it'll be fun. Okay, have fun. Okay. Okay. And the rest I will, of you out there, uh, we hope you go see some art and we hope you comment and let us know what you think.
1: Yep, go see some art.
0: Toodaloo.